everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm Florence Bremer, and I've lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, a wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall lover of popular culture. Besides all of this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. In the beginning of my practice, I really struggled day by day to find balance between work life and life life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed some tips for living my best life and enjoying my work and enjoying my time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock, and I never step away from thinking about my cases and my clients. It does seep into my everyday life, but I do my best to enjoy my work and my time not working. So please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. All right, so my last podcast was my first podcast from the road. I was so proud of it. I had done it in... Los Angeles, and I had this portable microphone that my husband had set me up with, and I felt it went pretty well for just having the microphone and the laptop and doing it from a um, hotel room. Um, and the trip that I was on, the, the reason I started thinking about this week's podcast was because the trip that I was on, I was actually gone for more days than usual because I combined a pleasure trip with a work trip. So I left on Friday morning and I came back Tuesday night. And then it was Sunday that I did my podcast in the middle of the trip. The first couple of days that I was gone, I um, was just having fun. I went to Adam Carolla's studio on Friday morning and was able to watch him do his podcast. And I made coffee for his team and just sat back and enjoyed. It was wonderful to see how a real podcast is done, a real show. He has a real studio. My studio, I'm joking that I'm back in the studio, but my studio is a small bedroom and I sit on the floor with my laptop and my microphone and I record it. He has a studio that looks like a radio station There's a kitchen, there's offices, he has race cars that used to belong to Paul Newman displayed. It is something else. And then there's pictures of him on the walls with many famous people. It's really exciting. And I really enjoyed being there. And then that whole weekend, um, I hung out with my children. They came with, and we went to Universal Studios, and we went to fun places for lunch, and hung out at the hotel and really had a great time. They went back Sunday night, and that's sort of the wonderful thing about having these older kids, two of them are adults. They were able to get to the airport themselves. I'll tell you a trick that I did, (laughs) though, because I still couldn't help being in L.A. feeling very protective and scared about sending them off. I ordered them a lift, from my phone and I watched the GPS on my phone until they were dropped off. 
um, to make sure that the driver didn't take any sort of detour. So that's a little tip. It's another little tip that um, I think, you know, I've never had a bad experience except for uh, one time with a, uh, an Uber or a Lyft driver. Uh, one time um, the driver in California was driving kind of erratically. Um, but other than that, these drivers are wonderful. And it's such a great service to be able to use and just really helps me get around any place that I'm visiting. Um, but I always tell my girls, if you're in an Uber or Lyft, and I follow this as well, just keep your phone in your hand and follow the path so you know that you're going where you're supposed to be going. All right, sorry for the little bit of the detour. But while I was gone, um, I, I was feeling like I had it all. I had it all. I can do this. I can spend three days kind of having fun. I also, you know, kept up on my emails over the weekend because I knew I was going to this workshop on Monday and Tuesday. And I, my kids went home on Sunday night. I checked into another hotel that was the same hotel where my conference and my workshop was. And I relaxed Sunday night. I did work. I prepped for my workshop. This was a working workshop. One of the things that we had to bring was a real live case that we were working on. So I reviewed it and was just getting ready. And for two days solid from 8.30 in the morning to almost 6 p.m., we worked on our cases and attended seminars regarding our own cases and also just about writing in general. So worthwhile. I think the federal defenders who were teaching this class, um, they're so devoted and they're so enthusiastic about writing. You can't just, um, you can't help but get excited about it. When especially as part of my work, I'm just forever writing. And Sometimes I get to feel like, oh, that's a dreaded. I gotta, I have to write this demand letter. I have to write this complaint. Um, and just to remember that there can be fun and passion in writing. So in any event, I spent two days at this workshop. And my goal was to come home Tuesday night, and then I had a full day of work on Wednesday. So I was scheduled down to the last minute and thought I had this planned so well. So I finished up my workshop on Tuesday afternoon, hopped into a lift, got to the airport in a nice amount of time, hung out in the lounge, continued to check emails, was all prepped for my Wednesday morning. My flight was taking off on time, um, got on the plane, and then this is when you have something in your life that you just can't control. As I was texting my husband to say, hey, we're taking off soon, he said, oh, really? There's huge storms in Arizona. I thought, well, it says the plane's leaving on time. And it didn't. <laughs> we ended up sitting for about an hour and a half. And the craziest thing that has ever happened to me in terms of coincidences, when I got on the plane and went to sit down, I felt someone tug my sleeve, and I turned, and it was my daughter's boyfriend. He was flying back from Austria after a three-week trip, 
and he had a layover in LAX and then was on this flight from LAX to Arizona. What was super crazy about that is I never fly out of LAX. I always fly out of Burbank or I fly out of Orange County. They're smaller, easier airports. I had to fly out of LAX because of this conference was ending so late. I needed that time slot. Like I needed a later flight and really LAX is the only one that um, can accommodate that. So when I first got on the plane, it was just seemed like super fun. Like, oh my gosh, like here's someone that I know. Uh, we traded seats with um, the people who were sitting next to us so we could sit down next to each other. We're chatting. He's telling about his trip to Austria. And we realize we're sitting and we're sitting and we're sitting. And um, no one's making any announcement. And then finally the pilot says, hey, they won't let us fly into Arizona. There's a big storm. And at that point, I thought, having it all, not so much. We were grounded at least an extra hour. It was about an hour and a half. And all I could keep thinking about was how much work I had the next day. We finally did take off, and we made some time up on the way home. And didn't land as late as um, it was anticipated, probably about 30 minutes later. But it was a late flight already. Um, and the thing that made it difficult was because they weren't letting anyone into Phoenix, and then they were letting planes land again, so everybody was landing at the same time, and there was so much traffic. So it took forever for my husband to be able to pick me up because um, he couldn't get to me. There was so many cars. It was busier at Sky Harbor in Phoenix than it was at LAX. And who would in a million years ever think that? So it completely threw off my schedule. By the time I got home, it was close to 11. And I will tell you a not-so-guarded secret. I am a total freak when I get home from a trip. A normal person would just leave their suitcase till the next morning and start unpacking it while, they're, um, while they were getting ready in the morning, especially if they had an early morning. I cannot do it. I try to do it, but as soon as I get home, I start doing a little bit. Like, oh, I'll just take out my dirty clothes and put them in the laundry room and I'll pull out what I need for dry cleaning and put it on the stairs. And then before I know it, I have unpacked everything and started a load of laundry, started a load of dishes, and two hours have gone by. So at this point, it's almost 1 a.m. And I had to get up at 5 a.m. to start my Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, every other week, I have a networking meeting. I belong to a networking group in Anthem, and I am. Um, I work with a lot of great businesses that are in this networking group. So I'm the only attorney, but we have insurance agents and CPAs and a general contractor and a landscaper and lots and lots of other business businesses. The other thing is for the next... I think year or six months, I'm the president of this group. So I can't skip it. 
I'm the moderator of the meeting and I had a commitment that I had to be there. So I knew I had to get up at five to get ready for the 7 a.m. meeting. Also because I'd been gone for a couple of days, I had a court hearing scheduled kind of midday and then I had meetings scheduled before and after it. And at the time I was supposed to land, I thought, this is no big deal. I can, you know, get to bed at kind of a decent hour, hammer all this out. And then my Thursday was actually lighter. And um, this just made me start thinking about the topic that I wanted to talk about, which is how do you manage this very, very busy time of year? In this situation, um, school has just started. We have been in school for a couple of weeks. Um, we're, I don't know if anyone else has this. I'm sure every, I'm sure everyone has it. Um, to me, September um, feels like the first of the year. It, it's really more of a new year to me than January 1st is. This is when everything really kicks in for me. As busy as I am all year, as soon as I start getting close to September 1st, it all starts getting extremely busy through the first few weeks of January. To also, <laughs> to finish up my story about my Wednesday when I got back, all right, so I thought I had this all put together, that I had my schedule in line. I went to court. My court hearing went okay. The whole day honestly felt like a blur to me because I was so exhausted. And um, while I was at the office in between meetings, I was trying to sort my mail that had come in since Friday. It took me two days to open my mail. I cannot explain it. It was just insane and the only thing that kind of kept getting me was that was getting me through the day was I kept thinking after my last meeting which ends at 4 30 between 4 30 and 5 I can go get a pedicure I don't have anything else I don't have training tonight I don't have anything on my calendar I can make a later dinner all of this will be great so I left the office I went to the nail place. I sat in the chair and my 11 year old calls me and she says, mom, where are you? I have dance. So I thought, yep, so much for having it all. So much for being organized. I completely forgot about my daughter and her dance class. This is another reason why the, why September feels like the beginning of the year to me, like more than January. Because when January rolls around, in a way, that kind of feels like half of the year because you're just continuing with the school year. And maybe things will change for me when the um, when I don't have a, a school-age child anymore, but I sort of don't think so because I've noticed it even with my scheduling with clients and judges and court hearings is that a Lots of people in the world have children that are on these schedules or their teachers themselves. 
and um, they're just getting back into it when September starts, and there's an uptick in people who need services and that sort of thing. And judges are back from vacations, and your calendar's filling up. So I think forever this is going to feel like this is the beginning of the year to me. So I thought, what are some tips for how to deal with this? And I know with me, with, you know, having my, my daughter this age, summers are so much easier for me because she might have a few activities that she's doing, but she doesn't have school, so that's not happening. She doesn't have her dance class, so that's not happening. Um, she just has, she might have a couple camps or things like that. But now that she's older, we're letting her hang out with friends a little bit more. So she's just not as structured and scheduled as she is during the school year or as she was a couple of years ago when she was teenier and I had her in more activities. So what can I do? What can I do to kind of keep my sanity during this time? So I thought of some tips. And one of the tips is remember the past. As stressful as my job is, I have worked jobs that have been terrible. We all have. We've all had those jobs in high school and college, our 20s, our 30s that have just not been great. And as I was remembering them, I remembered a couple of funny stories, stories that I can laugh about now. Between my the summer of when I graduated high school and when I started college, I worked in a deli in a grocery store. So it had one of those big slicers that I was always extremely terrified of. It had the safety, but I always just envisioned my finger getting sliced off. And there was this man who came in one time and he said, I want one pound of American cheese. So I slice up the slices. I put it on the scale. It's 0.99.99. And I start wrapping it up. And he looks at me with 100% seriousness. And he says, I said one pound. And I was so taken aback. Like, really? 0.01? <laughs> You're going to yell at me about that? So I took out the cheese again. I did one slice, I threw the slice on top of the rest of the stack of cheese, and it said 1.01. And in my head, I thought, what should I do? Take a bite out of the slice of cheese so that it gets down to one pound exactly, or tear that piece of cheese in half? He didn't say anything after that, and I just wrapped it up. But I thought that was so weird. <laughs> and then another time, while I was in college, I was a cocktail waitress at a bar on weekends. And this super wasted guy was saying to me that um, his daughter was so much better than me and she was going to be something and she wasn't just going to be a dumb waitress like I was. Well, first of all, a waitress isn't dumb or a waiter isn't dumb. They're working hard. And second of all, he didn't know anything about me. He didn't know that I was working a full-time job in corporate real estate and then went to 
law school at night. This was actually, you know what? This was when I was in law school. And I went to law school at night and had a husband and a baby. Um, and he was just so insulting. So these are just some things where I think, you know what? I, this is something that I don't have to deal with anymore. I have my own business. I love my clients. Um, most of my days go pretty well. And I don't have to go back to having people insult me in that manner. All right. Another thing you can do during this time is just get your schedule under control. My favorite thing to read in any magazine is when they talk to a supermodel or a designer or a celebrity and they say, what's your calendar like? And most of the time they'll do it in a snippet of a day. And the day will be like, I get up at 8 a.m., I have a cappuccino, I scroll through my emails, I scroll through the news, I take a bath, um, a car picks me up and brings me to work, I look at fabrics from 10 to noon, um, I answer emails for a while, I get on some conference calls, um, I have dinner at 7, I watch a movie, you know, till midnight, then I get up at eight again. And I love it. I mean, first of all, it just sounds so glamorous, but it's just so unlike my life. Um, being able to, you know, deal with fashion and that sort of thing, it just sounds so exotic to me. Another fun one is in Martha Stewart Living Magazine. She will post her calendar for the month. And she only puts one thing every day. And obviously, I'm sure she's doing more than one thing every day. But like, for instance, one of her um, one of her activities for the month of September for a whole day was make spaghetti of angole. And I just laughed and laughed like that was her day. <laughs> so um, I just have to make sure my schedule's under control. I am have been looking at it constantly. I've been looking at the online schedule on my Outlook, comparing it to any notes that I have on my paper schedule or notes that I have in my notebook. And I have to make sure all of this meshes and is coordinated. Uh, I also have to make sure that any deadlines are um, calendared. And this is a thing that is usual. I mean, this is not an unusual thing. This isn't just the fall. But as soon as this type of as this time of year hits, everything goes crazy for me. Now I'm starting to get a bunch of social commitments, commitments for uh, legal um, seminars and uh, happy hours and all sorts of things. And my schedule is filling up like crazy. It's almost basketball season too. So I need to coordinate my son's tickets. And there's activities for the school. You know, there's uh, PTA activities and there's the Fall Fest and all sorts of stuff. So I'm just constantly looking at my calendar. When you're having so many commitments, you really, really have to decide what you can do and what you can't do. And you also need time to think about it too. And I was reading something that said, when you are going through your calendar and if someone's approaching you with some sort of commitment, give it a beat, give it a breath, 
and make sure you have time for it. And the best thing you can say to keep your own sanity is, I'll get back to you. And I really need to start using that because otherwise I am going to be scheduled to the hilts and not be able to to have any sort of relaxation or any levels of non-stress. Another tip I have is be outside. This time of year, I am dying. It's so humid right now. Um, in June, before the monsoons hit, and I know people who maybe are listening who don't live in Arizona are like, monsoons, what are you talking about? You don't live on an island. We have um, a period of time from July to about September where we will get rains mostly in the afternoon. Our monsoon activity has been the, very heavy um, for this year. As it, in past years, it, it just has been on the lighter side. But with the monsoons comes humidity. And it, it's just keeping me inside, and I hate it. This morning, I had court, and I had it downtown, and I had to walk from a parking garage into the court. It wasn't that far, but by the time I got into it, into the building, I was soaked. And I know I have friends who um, live all over the U.S., and it's so much more humid everywhere else, but I'm not used to it anymore, and I just looked a mess. And I could just never cool down. I had to come home and after I got out of court and just like cool down for a while. But it's taking away from the thing that I love most, which is just to be outside. I like to sit outside and read. I like to take walks in the evening. I like to take walks on Saturday. The only thing I can really keep up at this point is getting up early and, and doing that walk on Saturday. And being outside, even though it's still humid right now, um, I just need that time. It's the time to not be surrounded by housework, to be surrounded by work work. It's just me and listening to podcasts and walking and seeing the sun come up. And I need it. And everyone needs it. Everyone needs to be outside. It is a proven fact that it will help you with your stress levels. I think I've said this in probably every podcast I've done, drink more water. I feel like I drink water all the time. I'm forever drinking water. I'm always saying, I'm so dehydrated. I'm so dehydrated. And my sister-in-law says to me, how can you be? You're drinking water all the time. But I need it. Um, and I can tell that I'm off. Because for the last two days, I've had a terrible headache. It started yesterday, and I've had it for about 36 hours. I'm just starting to feel like it's going away. I'm actually recording my podcast about 12 hours earlier than I usually do. I usually do it Saturday morning after my walk. And I have been in bed for the last few hours suffering with a headache and it really got me thinking about the fall coming up and how my week went and I couldn't control it. And I was not able to get my schedule under control and now look at me. Now I'm in bed with a headache. 
I obviously haven't taken care of myself and now look where I am. So <laughs> I sat up in, in bed. This is no joke. Um, my husband was, he has a chair in the bedroom and he was sitting there with his, um, he was doing something on a tablet or something. And I sit up and I grab a notepad and I just start making notes. And I said, I'm doing my podcast now. I'm thinking about all these ideas and I will see you in 45 minutes. So he is definitely used to me being a weirdo. All right. Um, another tip that I have for this time of year is don't stress about work when you're with your family. I have a story about my daughter Maggie and I think I was dumping on her my my work day um, on a consistent basis. So she would get in the car and I would be like, oh, I have so many meetings today and this um, this happened in court today and I have this brief due. And, and I was telling all this to my 11-year-old and I think she was 10 at the time. And the other day, uh, many a few months ago, she got into the car and she said, and I started saying something, I don't know, something like unrelated to work. And she said, are you going to tell me about your day? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, good. And I'm like, oh, great. I've been dumping on this kid too much. So when I'm with her, I um, just try to talk about her and maybe some fun things and some trips that we have coming up and just keep it light. Because the last thing she needs, the last thing I need is to just be focused on my job 24 hours a day. Speaking of family, flirt with your significant other. Um, this is probably TMI, but when I walk past my husband, I give him a little tushy squeeze or a kiss on the neck. And I know for him, touch is very important. Uh, and I want him to know that he's appreciated. And I think for a long period of time, I treated him like he worked for me, where I would just come in and be like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. Here's the next thing. What's going on? Da, da, da. It was all business and to-do lists and that sort of thing. And nothing was fun and nothing was light. And, and I ha you have to make sure, not just your significant other, but your kids, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, nieces, nephews, everyone. Make sure that you are giving them some love that um, isn't related to being stressed out from work. This tip is mostly for me. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else has it under control. I had did not for a long time, and um, I tend to get a little obsessive. So I have to make sure that I'm just not thinking about work, or I will be laying in bed with a headache neglecting my family. My last tip before I wrap up this segment is to turn off your tech. I think a lot of my headache over the last couple of days has really been the phenomena called tech neck. I am bent over my phone or a laptop so much and I think my eyeglass prescription has changed again because I noticed I had to, I'm needing to use readers more and more, so I need to make an eyeglass appointment. I'm 
connected to tech all the time. So one thing that I did, um, I know I've said this before in podcasts is I don't like to buy books very often unless it's a book that I know is an all-time favorite book and I'm going to turn to again and again. Even in that case, if it is a book that I really, really want, most likely I'm going to buy it in an electronic version. That way I always have it on my phone or my tablet and I'm not adding more clutter to the house. I've been in my house for almost 20 years. The last thing I need is more clutter. But I do like to get my hands on something that isn't technology. So I go to the library and I check out books. I check out a pile of books. Feeling the book in my hand rather than the tablet is great. I know there's a lot of magazine um, apps where you can read your magazines on an app. At this time and for an unforeseeable future, I'm going to continue to get the paper magazines. I um, share them with my mom. She um, is doesn't really do tech at all. And um, I can give my magazines to her and they get a second life. Or some of my... Um, magazines I know the kids read and I'll give to them. So I'm able to recycle them and they're, you know, getting used again. And I'm feeling like I'm touching something that's real and just not bent over a tablet or a phone. All right, those are my tips for getting through uh, this time of year. I'm sure I'll have more tips as the fall goes on. And I'm actually dealing with my trials coming up. I have two large civil trials that were just scheduled in the last couple of weeks. I have two more other civil trials which will be scheduled shortly. So I'm going to be dealing with a lot of scheduling issues. So hopefully that will help me think of tips that I can share with um, my listeners and that are helping me as well. Okay, so for the next segment, I'm going to talk about a book that I just read, and then a show that I'm watching. The book that I just read is called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, and the subtitle is Nine Simple Strategies to Stress Less, Sleep More, and Restore Your Passion for Life. And the author's name is Crystal Payne, P-A-I-N-E. I love this book. I'm actually not sure how I came across it. It's from the library and I was just kind of browsing the stacks and I just saw it and the title really stood out to me. So anything that can give me tips on how to make things better in my life, I really like. One great thing that Crystal does is she does a lot of checklists she will do checklists for morning routines, for goal setting, um, for finances, for doing things with your family, for keeping track of your households, um, for managing work. It's just really great, and it's a really easy read. I brought it with on my trip to California, and if I had a few minutes, I picked it up and enjoyed it and really recommend it. And and she seems like a very nice person. So it was almost like listening to a, a really fun girlfriend. So I really recommend this book. 
So regular fall TV hasn't started off, hasn't really started up um, yet, but some shows are starting to come back. And a favorite for me right now is Better Call Saul. And if you don't know Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul is the prequel to Breaking Bad. I am a giant Breaking Bad fan. I love that show. I used to dream that show. I would fall asleep to it and I would dream it. And they weren't good dreams. I mean, they were scary dreams. <laughs> but that's how ingrained the show was into me. And it was acted so well that uh, one time I was listening to Adam Carolla's podcast and Brian Cranston came on for, as a guest. And when he started talking, my skin started to crawl. And I realized what it was, which was because I was hearing Walter White, and Walter White always did that thing where he would act nice to you, but then would stab you in the back. I was like just getting this visceral feeling of chills up and down my spine. Um, so Saul is about Walter White's attorney, Saul Goodman, and his origin story. So in the very first episodes, there's not so many characters from Breaking Bad. But now um, season four has started. The first two episodes had played have played. And I heard, I'm going to steal this description because it's so great. It's like Better Call Saul has swallowed Breaking Bad. There are so many characters that are coming in from Breaking Bad that you can almost taste Walter White and Jesse around the corner. I haven't heard any rumors that they would be in this season. My guess is they wouldn't be in this season. But if I had to guess, I bet they introduced them somehow in season five. All right, so if you have time, watch it. And I'll tell you um, something interesting that my sister-in-law is doing. So she started watching Better Call. She watched Breaking Bad a long time ago. And then she started watching Better Call Saul because she was looking for something to watch. And she watched it on Netflix. And she got so into it, she binged all three seasons in like a two days. Like it was really, really quick. But she kept thinking back of, so who's in Breaking Bad? And, you know, she just couldn't remember. So she also started watching Breaking Bad again, too. And um, she's been telling me all these people who actually show up in Better Call Saul that were in Breaking Bad that I didn't even realize that they were in it. I had forgot about them. So at some point, um, I will go back and watch Breaking Bad and then reconnect the two shows together. So enjoy your week. And um, hopefully you start getting your schedules together for the fall. I know it's something that I'm working on greatly. Um, when I came back from my trip and I came in on Wednesday, I had so many fires to put out and so many things that were added to my schedule for the next couple of weeks that I feel like it's going to be a real challenge to get through the next couple of weeks. So I'm sure I'll talk about it on the show. And thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.